Welcome to the Pizza Pod, brought to you by Lots and Matza Pizza. For a great frozen pizza, check out Lots and Matza Pizza at your favorite local grocer. Today we bring in Josh Storm, the new head coach at Lakeville South. So we learn about Josh's career both as a coach and player. Hope you enjoy today's show. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, good afternoon, Josh. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. This should be a fun little ride down memory memory lane for you. We're going to go through who you are uh, as a person, uh, who you are as a player, and or were as a player, and and who you are as a coach. Uh, looking forward to a to a fun show. Me too. Thanks for having me. Um, there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack here. How old are you, by the way? Thirty nine years 39, old. Thirty nine, so almost the dreaded forty. <laughs> Enjoy your thirties while it lasts. I'm in my fifties now. Um, we're going to just kind of do a little personal bio of who you are. Part of the, I would, I would say, you know, if other people want to listen, great. The, some of the high school hockey nerds out there want to listen. I'm sure they will. But this is, this is for, for the Lakeville South family. You haven't met, you know, maybe, have you met the team yet? No, nope, we uh, do the introduction next week. Yeah, so this is kind of a preview to that. Like, oh, who is this guy? Who is coaching me? And so we're going to kind of break down who you are personally and, and do your hockey background and stuff like that. So they're kind of a little basis on who you are before you actually enter the locker room for, for the first time over there at Hasi. Um, so let's do it. Uh, Josh, how many, uh, you're married, kids, how many kids, What's, who's your wife, let's, let's learn about that fam- your family life first. Yep, I have a beautiful wife, um, it's Megan, Megan is my wife. How'd uh, you meet her? I met her actually through hockey. Basically. At Applebee's? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Applebee's and Total Hockey, yep, both, um, both. I worked for Rob Talifis and Dean Talifis and Egan at, and Hudson actually at Total Hockey and um, when I was there, my wife's sister and her little friends came from Northfield and they played... Um, in our camp, in our summer camp, we trained them, and one day, and they were really fun, hardworking kids, and one day, uh, they said, you know, you should really go out with Chelsea's sister. And no way. Yeah, so to get them to work hard, I, uh, I said, well, I'll tell you what, if Chelsea's sister comes the last day of camp, and you guys work really hard this summer, um, I'll ask her out here the last day. And the girls were, they were such hardworking kids, and they did awesome. Um, so the last day, I walked up to her, because we were having a staff end of the year game, and Walked up in my, you know, lower half of my equipment and asked her out and had my phone in my breezers. So, <laughs> um, and now here we are. So, <laughs> well, that's kind of cool. Um, and you talked, uh, Rob and Dean Talvis, did they have any influence on you to coach or was it, they were just more like an employer, just like at a golf club or a, a restaurant? Or did you look at them as hockey experts? Um, for sure. Uh, Rob was an unbelievable boss, um, taught me a lot about, um, how to handle people and, and really treated us amazing. And um, Dean was definitely a mentor of mine. I uh, learned a lot from him. He had crazy high expectations. He had rules like you had to say something every eight seconds. And um, Really? Right. And these are rules that have still stuck with me in my coaching now. And you're either motivating, you're correcting, you're encouraging, you're doing something every eight seconds. And um, I owe a lot to Dean. Dean taught me a lot about coaching and, and, uh, and Rob too. And he had a lot of great people who worked for him, too. I talked to uh, D- uh, Dave Snoggerud, who's a good friend of mine. We were talking about he played for Dean at the Bloomington Junior Stars right out of, right out of high school, and he quit. Dave Snoggerud quit. You remember he went on All-American at the U, Olympic team, I mean, pro. He quit hockey right after high school for a week. And I asked him why. He goes, well, Dean Talvis wanted me to play defense, and I had no idea what defense was coming out of high school. And he was said the exa- some of the exact same things. He says, he's taught me, Dean Talvis taught me more about hockey than any other coach that I had. Yeah, he's a pretty unbelievable coach. I mean, he was probably in his 60s when I was working at Total Hockey with him, and the man could skate like the wind still. It was just really? unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's super cool. All right, you got four little boys. Who's the youngest? Uh, Beckham is my youngest and he just turned five. Five. Okay. So is he on skates yet? Oh yeah. He's been skating since he's been like two. He's, <laughs> he's, in, he's quite a marvel. He's been on two wheel bikes since two. He has three brothers to keep up with and, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a good job. And then what's the, who's the second youngest? My second youngest is Hudson. Hudson, and he's seven. See a hockey player too. Yep, they yeah, all play. All play. Yep. And I think you said something before we turned the recording on is that you coached a lot of them last year. Yeah, I helped. Um, I was I mean, the, helped obviously. Right. I was the main assistant with the Squirt B team last okay. year uh, that my twins played on. The ten year olds. Ah, here we go. Brody and Carter. Okay. Um, and so I spent a lot of time. That was unbelievably fun. I had just the time of my life coaching that group. Um, they came so far in a year, and it was pretty exciting. Um, and then I hop on with the U8 and U6 group okay. about once a week usually. I'll try to get on with them just so I can be on the ice with my Oh, that's ex- pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, twins right out of the gate. Did you know it was coming? Or, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, we actually had a quite a bit of loss. We we lost a couple different babies before that. Beforehand? Okay. Yeah, so when we went to the doctor to kind of have that ultrasound. So we were getting some medicine, not like in vitro, but just some medicine to help. Right, right. And um, It helped. Yeah, and... You know, went in and it was pretty nervous, awful situation at that point because we had lost two. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't really like ultrasounds. And we were sitting there and he said, well, the good news is you, you're not having one. You're having two. And <laughs> it was probably up there as one of the ha- happiest moments, especially once they said it was two boys and thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, and what do you do for a living? I'm a physical education teacher at Owatonna Middle School. So middle school, so you got like sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yep. Oh my God, the worst. The best. The worst. I mean, I just think of myself, who I was to my sixth, seventh grade FIA teachers. I was such a jerk to him <laughs> and her. Actually, uh, do you get some guys, or do they respect you because you're a hockey coach? Uh, we have we have good kids. I mean, you're you're always going to have your things, but they have a lot going on. They're they're dealing with a lot of stuff in their life. So you hope you have a little bit of grace for them and and you get them through it. But uh, no, we don't have too many issues. We got a pretty special program down there. So, how did you how do you keep them engaged? Because it, it seemed like the gym teacher when I was just, it was like, all right, we got basketball this week and we have floor hockey. I mean, like they never wavered. You know, they you had your sports or whatever you did at your units, and then you moved on. But it seemed like when you there were certain sports the kids just didn't want to do. Like well, we had the square dancing unit. <laughs> it was like, come on, and that's where I would give the teacher our time. Like, can't we just play floor hockey another week? Mr. Washington kind of thing. Right. Um, we have a very unique situation. We have um, 40 fat tire bikes in our, a fleet of fat tire bikes that... No way. Um, uh, Tim Hunst and myself kind of worked to get. So, so you go out in the woods? So we do. We do. I was out there today. I actually have videos of it that I was just looking at. But um, So we do the, some of that. Um, and then we have a lot of electives that are. So they have a lot of voice and choice in what they get to choose to do. So... We get pretty lucky in uh, in our FIAT area at the middle school, I feel so like. So you're not hammering them with square dancing then? No, not yet. <laughs> we'll just dance it every now and then on oh the TV, but none of us want to teach square dancing it either. It was so. brutal. I'm like, why do I have to do square dancing? I'm in Minnesota. But anyway, we, we digress. Yeah. All right. So how did you get into hockey? You're the oldest in your family. How did you decide hockey was your sport? Um, actually, my aunt and uncle would bring me to North Stars games. They had season tickets, and I would sit on their lap, and I knew all the little ladies around us and knew all the players' names and numbers, and Neil Broughton was my favorite player. And You just stole my question. Yeah, by far my favorite player, and, uh, and I just loved going. That was my happy place, and so my folks uh, put me on skates, and and uh, there so, it was. So I do my math right. You graduated high school in 2000, so you're born 82-ish, right? 81, yeah. 81, eight, whatever. So by 87, 88, this is when you were going, right? So Probably younger. Even honestly. younger, yeah, huh? Yeah, my aunt was bringing me quite early. Really? Yeah, people would give her a hard time about having such Bring a little a three guy. Bring a three- or four-year-old there at the game? Yeah, and she kind of challenged him, like, well, how many players do you know on the team? And he, well, go ahead, Josh. And, and, and you would rattle them off? Yeah, exactly. So you had Dino Cicerelli, Scott yeah. Bukestad, you know, Tom McCarthy, though that era. So you remember that, huh? I, I remember a lot of it, yeah. Because then eventually my dad ended up getting season tickets as well. Um, actually, we were three rows up when seats were super cheap. And yeah. uh, my brother and I would sneak down to the front row the, every game, and we knew where the refs came off to get pucks, and it was just like... So you had to figure it out. Yeah. When the, when the Stars left, that was probably one of the Dark worst days. things that ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was such a weird time. It was like you... You know, even then, believe it or not, you know, media is crazy now, right? Even then, we knew they were gone. You know, you, there were, it was it, they had the weather, and then they would, what was going on with the North Stars right. coming or going? It was such a 
big deal. Yeah. It was such a big deal when they left. And, and people who, you know, like my kids now, born early 2000s, they have no concept of what they're wearing when they put out North Stars. Right hoodie on or a North Stars hat on. They all have it. It's just a hot commodity. I'm like, that meant so much to us, especially when they were, you know, playing the Blackhawks. They were playing, you know, you know what I mean? Those series in the 80s with the Blackhawks were something special. Yeah, I remember my dad wore a red, white, and black uh, Lakeville jacket. Um, Into the rink. And, and the bottom bowl, and they lost in, like, overtime, and all of a sudden beers start raining down on him. <laughs> From above, and it was like just because he had the Lakeville jacket, it looked like the Black Blackhawks. So yeah, oh, that's great. That's great. We could go on and on about that. So you lived in Lakeville. Um, you told you confided me that you weren't a very great, good hockey player at the youth level. No, I was uh, very passionate, and I think I would tell you that I'm. I was a smart hockey player. Yeah. Um, I didn't skate exceptionally well. I was never fast. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of what probably hindered me a little bit and I didn't like to work real hard. It came really easy to me easy to me in like mites and squirts. Yeah. And then like kind of moving into that peewees, I got slow and lazy and it was kind of a bad time for me. Yeah, okay. Um what word when you look back at the youth career, we'll get to high school in a second. When you look back at the youth career, did you have like a out of town trip? Did you have like a, a memory that you just jumps out at you from playing youth hockey? I think from youth hockey what my big memory was is I made the Bantam C team to start my first year of Bantams. And about halfway through, maybe even a little less, they had so many injuries, they had to call me up. So you got um, to the B team. Right. So I ended up being, I, remember, I just happened to find the memory book a couple of days ago, but I ended up finishing third in the team in scoring after being basically cut, cut. from the team. Yeah. Um, and the following year, I was, you know, at that point, Lakeville is pretty big to town. Yeah. One school, and you're, you're kind of seeing the writing on the wall. If you don't make the Bantam A team, it's going to be pretty tough to make. High school Varsity, hockey. yeah, yeah. And that was ultimately my goal from day one. Yeah. Um, and I ended up making the B team again. And I had a coach, and his name was Tim. For your second year. Correct. Oh, yeah. Lights out. Crushed. It's over. Shut it down, yeah. right? Yep. May as well just find some other sport. But um, <laughs> I had a great coach, and I wasn't a good leader, never deserved to be a captain, and the guys didn't vote for me to be a captain. Yeah. And um, Well, you're really pumping your tires yeah. here. <laughs> Congratulations, Lakeville South. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I wasn't great, and he, in front of the team, they did voting, and he was putting marks up on board, and he said, you know, guys, I think Josh needs to be a captain. And he sat me down and really kind of explained what working hard would do for me and being a hardworking player. Do you remember the coach's name? Tim Goss. Okay. Yep, Tim oh, Goss. That's cool. And um, that kind of immediately made an impact, and, like, the big comment from coaches the rest of the way was, they couldn't believe how hard I worked and how much effort I had put into it. And I was pretty feisty and pretty mean. And in that era, that was a good thing. And um, so things kind of worked out because I think he kind of showed me the direction. Yeah, that's pretty cool. My son's got stories almost identical to yours where he didn't make the Bantam double-A team and kind of thought his career was over. He became the captain of the Bantam B team, had a successful deal, and then went on to play high school hockey in a very similar fashion to you did. You yeah. Know? Uh, had a, played in the section final his junior year against St. Thomas. It was just, wow, this is magical. If you would have thought at the end of that, that fall when he got cut to the Bantam B team for the second year in a row, he was like, it's over. Right. You think it's over. And your story is parallel it's, it's creepy almost yeah it's great so tell me more you you get to your junior year you you're jv varsity kind of a yeah swing guy and and then and then the magic happened yeah so uh late in the year i was starting to get frustrated i wasn't getting an opportunity i felt i had a coach randy Sh uh, schmitz was my coach and just an unbelievable human being and i'm so lucky to play for him looking back um but i kind of just went in and i said hey like i want a chance what do i need to do i'm doing really well on jv like what direction do I need to go here? And kind of just said, fine, like come to practice full time. Six really? years for me kind of thing. <laughs> they could. Um, so I got an opportunity. A kid got an injury and I got it. You were doing the advocating. The parents weren't. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My parents wouldn't call a coach. <laughs> no way. They, no. If I complained about a coach, I'd probably get a good whacking. But yeah. Um, so got an opportunity and I was thought I was doing pretty well probably the last two or three weeks of the season my junior year and sections came and when sections came um that senior came back for that game back to the fourth line and or, right obviously like pouted and moped for a little bit I'm like well this is garbage but yeah um it's just how it is and uh he was a senior and I was a junior I had to wait my turn and 
two shifts later, I believe he went down with an injury for the game, and I got to pop in. And um, we were actually the sixth seed, and Burnsville was a three seed. Um, and we ended they up were kind of big brother back then, weren't they? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they yeah. were pretty darn good, and we had a fierce rivalry because we all skated together at the Steaky Quickness Clinic growing up. Yeah. Um, and so what ended up kind of transpiring is I ended up scoring the first goal of the game. Um, got a nice pass from one of my teammates and pulled it around the goalie, and I scored my first career varsity goal in the section playoffs. No way. Yeah. So it was pretty cool, pretty exciting moment. Felt like a pretty big. Season's on the line, right? I mean, it's over if you don't win, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Super cool. Yeah, and then later on, we played really well that day, and I, we finished. Coach Schmidt's always kind of had us playing the best hockey at the end of the year, I feel, and um, came down, and um, one of my teammates made a pass across later on and ended up getting my second goal of the game, so I ended up having my first two career goals and <laughs> my first section playoff game, basically the first game that I was, you know, part of as a – regular so yeah and it's like the hero now right <laughs> yeah it was in I mean, the paper I, at that time you know yeah and it was pretty cool yeah making the newspaper was huge it was it was it a was star tribune too and like the, <laughs> it had the note about the game back then not yeah like pre-hockey hub but yeah pre-hockey hub all right so senior year let's walk through how you know were you captain what what how did it all roll out nope i wasn't a captain um i actually got selected to play on a team called project prep with some um Pat Western was the coach of that team. We played some junior B team. Listen, you just dropping name after yeah, name. Yeah, I was really lucky looking back now who yeah. I got to be a oh, part we'll of. Oh, we'll get to your college guy. buddies here in a <laughs> second. It's <laughs> They're unbelievable. Um, so with um, that, just played that in the fall, kind of like the Elite League now. But um, then I moved into my senior year, had a decent senior year, um, and I decided to go to Stout for college from there. And play hockey, right? That was the goal. I was kind of recruited there. And <laughs> Who was the coach there? Terry Watkins was the okay. coach. Yep. So I went there, and I got cut, and rightfully so. I was not ready. There was men coming in, and I was a little boy and didn't have a clue of anything in the world. Yeah, so you went there, went to school, Yep. stayed in school for the entire year. Right. And then did that year, you did you play juniors? That yep. year, or is it just the next year? That, both years. Both years. Did you played two years of juniors. Well, I Junior was B, too, right? Yep. All right, was yep. that what they call it now? It, it was back then, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, so I played for the South Suburban Steers for two years while I was at in Menominee going to Stout. And this is in South St. Paul, right? Yeah, correct. Who was the head coach there? Um, we went through about 10 billion of them. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was a rough stretch. Hoji was the assistant? Hoji was my second year, and he came on late in the year. Okay. But All he right. came on as assistant late in the year. Josh Lear was the head coach at that time. I don't All right. Yeah, I'm not sure where he's up to. But Howji was there somewhere, yes, right? Yes, yeah. And then he kind of influenced me where I went to college. He if don't for those not listening, listen, we have a podcast with Josh. Josh, he's currently the assistant head assistant coach, head, assistant head coach at Clarkson University. And when I was doing my bio research on you the last couple of days, I just saw Rosemount, I saw Bethel, I saw your age. I'm like, Howji has to be in this guy's life some way. And he was your junior coach. Yep, yep. And he had just gotten out of coaching or playing at Bethel, right? Right. So he was he was only a few years older than you. Yeah, he was. And I, I knew him or of him from Rosemount and Lakeville. I mean, everyone right. knows each other at that point. but Right, right. Okay. So he... Kind of tell me about how he guides you to to Pete Oss at, at, at Bethel. Is it just like you have to go here, or, or you suggested it, or did did, did he kind of make the connection? Yeah. Um, well, what ended up happening is we played Bethel's JV team one day um, as one of the games we played, and um, he kind of just was asking the whole team. I can't remember if it's him or the head coach, but just kind of like, "Hey, who Bethel's here watching? Who's who's interested?" And right. None of us are raising our hand, and I'm like, I have nowhere to play. Uh, I'm interested, sure. And uh, so he's like, okay, and I, I did pretty well that game, and then I ended up, um, they wanted to come back and watch me play a junior team, and so then they came back the next game, and, and he pulled, they actually called, which is crazy thinking about now, they called me out in between periods. Uh, Darren Thompson did at uh, at Beth, from Bethel, and Hoji probably pulled him over anyways and yeah. said, uh Hey, how about we set up a visit? And I went and visited, and I, I, my family probably couldn't afford it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, and I'm like, 
know, I'm playing junior B hockey. I'm a hockey guy. My mouth probably doesn't belong at Bethel. I was just going to go there. Yeah. I'm like pretty nervous about that. I mean, I've always been a believer and yeah. I've had strong faith, but I, I didn't know if I could fit. There. Right. Um, but when I went in, I met a few of the guys and, you know, Chris Birch is one in particular uh, who played for the Vulcans and um, ended up there from a crazy path. He'd probably be a great podcast for you someday too on hearing yeah. about that. But, um, I ended up going there, and he took me around, and the guys were just so awesome. And I remember sitting in Coach Oss's office, and uh, in Coach Oss's office, he said, I told him, I'm, and I told Coach Watkins this back at Stout, too. I said, hey, here's the deal. I just want to play. Yeah. And if I'm not good enough, I'll find somewhere else to play. It's okay. I'm not. You're right. You won't hurt my feelings. Yeah, it's, it was almost, it's almost like air to you. Right. Like food, right? Right. Like hockey is food, right? Like it fades you. It For fades, sure. right? So For you sure. don't, you didn't care what level it was, right? No, and so many people have told me how bad I sucked my whole life that it was all right. <laughs> you know, I was, I was over it. Like I like proving people wrong. That's right. kind of what yeah, yeah, motivated yeah. me. So I'm like, if I'm not good enough, just tell me. And he said, right now you'd be on our team. He's like, I'm not guaranteeing you anything. Right. He goes, this is division three hockey. I don't know who's coming in. You don't know until right? the door until the first day of class. Right. There could be four people come from Division One transfers next year. I have no clue. And just that air of honesty and integrity made me want to go there more and just kind of sat with my parents like, can't do that. I'm like, well, I guess I'll take out loans. My family ended up being able to help a lot more than anticipated, but yeah, just did it because, and it was awesome. It was the best thing to ever happen to me. I have best friends in the world from there and feel really blessed to have gotten that opportunity. We got to just go through this list of clowns that you uh, yeah. hung out with. <laughs> I mean, let's start with the top yep. clown, right? Ricky Saney. I mean, he is the, the top most clown. positive <laughs> guy I've ever met. He's a teacher too. He is. I was, uh, he was playing in one of our tournaments last winter and he's like, can we get, we get this over with? I'm like, what do you got? Why are you in such a hurry? He goes, I got a class in four minutes. I got a zoom here. <laughs> he literally skipped the locker room speech, which is probably hard for him. And he bolted out to the parking lot and did his zoom call in the parking lot while his kid's getting his equipment <laughs> off. He's a great guy. He is. He's a ball of energy. And he and I actually got to play baseball together at Bethel too. So we spent a lot of time together. What a beautiful baseball field that is. My son played in a tournament. They have yep. a big summer tournament up there. It's just impressive. Amazing. Facility. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Ricky and Ricky and I, kind of, we played against each other growing up in baseball and hockey too. And yeah, so. That's cool. Got to coach his brother a little bit at Rosemont. So the Saney family is pretty ingrained in in, in my life, so yeah. No pressure now. One of the most listened to podcasts in our series here since the co when COVID came around, we just started interviewing people. Right. Didn't care who they were. Garrett Van Bergen is still one of, if not <laughs> the most listened to pod. It, he's in the top three, and 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 it's not because of his hair. It has to be his hair. <laughs> Guy gets it every year, all hockey or team. Every yep. year he makes it, and then it's deserved too, yep. right? Great guy. He's got. He's like you. He's got four kids, I think. Yeah, I believe I think so. It's four. Yep. He's got a little guy like Herbie is his name, isn't it? I you know I I'm think not it sure. Is. It's Herbie. That's like great. he's got three or four girls and and three girls and I think a boy. Super nice family. Just salt of the earth. Great hockey coach, teacher, the whole deal. Yeah, he's a great guy. My biggest hit of my career was against him, though. So really? I, like in I practice? That oh, yeah. It was a captain's practice, and <laughs> I felt so bad after. But, yeah, it just lined up perfect. But, <laughs> but and then, I remind him that. And then Ryan Adams, was he a line manager as well? Yeah, Ryan and I actually lived together for like four years. Um, That's crazy. Before, while he was still playing juniors, he kind of followed me to Bethel. He did the stealth thing, too, okay. with me, where we were going back and forth. Really? Yeah. So Ryan is a very, very good friend of mine. And you he's know. not at Roseville anymore. What's he doing now? Um, he's just living, living he's a teacher, life. and he's a teacher. He teaches Fiat as well, and he, he they live up north, I can by Hugo area, I believe. It's crazy how many of these. Guys. I'm not sure if Chris Carroll's a teacher, but he was at school with you as well. Is he a teacher? He's too? a professor, I believe. I think he's at the U of M actually, but really, he's a professor. Yeah, <laughs> he's a professor of bodybuilding. I think too. he that actually guy is. is ripped. <laughs> yeah, he Holy is. smokes. And a good coach. I mean, really, really by the book kind of coach. I like the way he coaches. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jeff Hansen was at Princeton. Is he a teacher too? Um, I believe so. These are all guys that you played hockey with. Yeah, this is all Bethel. the same 
time frame. It's for amazing. Sure. Sean Moline, um, he's now the centennial coach, led them to state in his yep. first year. He was on the team. Is he older than you or younger than he you? He was one year younger than me. Okay, in so you had a few years of school with him then. Yep. Okay. Uh, all these guys, I think I had at least two with all of them. Dan Ubel, is it pronounced? Yep, Dan Ubel. It's the only one I don't know on this list. Yep, he's running Ricky Saney's assistance. Oh, at, at Rosemont. Yep. See the guy with the long black hair? Yeah. I, I know who he yep. is. Yep. Yeah, now I know who he is. All yep. right, got it. I'm putting them all together here. So this is pretty cool. Uh, here's your, your resume. You played all these years. Um, and then you got right into coaching. Yep. Were you teaching and coaching? Where did you teach? I was kind of like part-time jobs. It was tough time in Fayette. And okay. so um, at that point, I was just kind of subbing, and I subbing. was doing other jobs and coaching. So subbing, other jobs, bartending probably, or <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I'm just making up, right? Yeah. Subbing, bartending, making making it happen, plus coaching. Yep, so that was right? like the total hockey time. I was working there for You worked a job. there too? Yep. And okay. then uh, I was coaching at Rosemont High School at that time. Assistant coach. Correct. All varieties of him, and you were coaching for Mach, Mach- Scott Mako. Yep. Mako, yeah. I never pronounced that name. So. <laughs> yeah. So he was the coach at Rosemont, who's now at Farmington. Correct. So these guys are all not only these guys are your buddies, mentors. Now you're going to have to go against them. Yeah. We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. You know, you being the favorite and all that, all that <laughs> other good stuff. I'll put all the pressure, heap some pressure on you later. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So you you coached there for you said six years. Yep. As an assistant JV coach, you probably learned the ropes, right? Yeah, I really did, and I owe a lot to Scott. Scott really. Gave me every opportunity. He introduced me to Minnesota hockey. He introduced me to USA hockey. He showed me about the Coaches Association and how important that is to be a part of. And um, he introduced me to everybody as a young coach. Um, I remember cornering Jeff Lindquist at one time, who's Jefferson's no, coach. my and, son's coach. Right, and yeah. just peppering him with questions at one of the establishments after a coach's convention. And so I, I owe a lot to Scott for what he has done for me in my and career. And those guys, the Linquists, they've kind of, you know, they've gone off into the past. Yeah, they did. And they're kind of a, a rare breed. I was interviewing Tony Kuchar, and you're kind of walking in the Tony Kuchar path, really, if you if you look at your path and Tony's path at, at Little Falls. 28 years, he's got a couple of kids, um, Fayed teacher, <laughs> and um, he says not many of us make it. Meaning what they do is they get pulled in by their families to coach their own kids versus right. other kids. Is that something I'm sure you're getting tugged right now in this direction? Um, Otana was pretty easy because you were right, the, the kids are in the backyard. You're going to have some tough decisions ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, I I obviously love coaching my kids. I think I can pop on the ice enough. I'm committed enough to do that where I can still be a part of theirs. Um, but I will say like, I love coaching high school hockey, and I really enjoy it, and I love working with kids and just seeing the end product you get at every end of every year. So uh, it would be really hard for me to stop coaching high school hockey. It's kind of who you are, right? It is. It's ingrained in me. It's crazy. So now, after the six years there, tell me about the hiring process at Owatonna. The job comes open, yep. right? This is 10 years ago. So yeah. this is like ancient history, but it's 10 years ago. What was that about? I mean, were you did you think you had a chance? Because you – you didn't have any head coaching experience. There's probably a couple assistants there, right? So what walk through that process of winning the job? Yeah, so what ended up happening there is I needed to find a teaching position. I needed to be full-time. Our twins were just born. Uh, yeah. They were, like, less than a month old when I got the job. And uh, um, I was either going to be a stay-at-home dad at that point or I was going to go into – um, a fire position and it was really tight pickings and so I saw a fire position and a coaching position in Owatonna I've always liked that area yeah um, and your wife's from Northfield so right it wasn't like hey honey let's move to Owatonna wouldn't it wasn't a big stretch no so I put my application in and within an hour I had a call back from the athletic director Ryan Swanson at the time um and so we're talking he's like well can you come tomorrow for an interview I'm like this is the weirdest thing ever yeah. Um, and, you know, when you're when you're coaching in the city, in the metro, at Rosemont, we were pretty good, you know, up yeah. a few years prior to that anyways. And uh, you kind of think, like, well, why wouldn't they want me? I'm a, from the metro and right. kind of arrogant a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but went in, and the interview went amazing. I mean, they took me out to pizza after. We went out to lunch with the, uh, the head of president of the hockey association, and I think I was hired 
like a day later. It was the fastest process ever. I don't think really? they had anybody else really apply that they liked. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out in my favor, though. They went young gun, degree. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he had passed everything. Yeah. Now we got to meet him and go have a beer with him <laughs> right. or hang out with him yeah. for a little bit. And It checked all the boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Because the process is intense i mean especially now when you have all these coach openings and i get the call or i talk to guys who applied or didn't apply i hear about all of the particulars that go into the hiring process it's fascinating to what happens how long it takes like like holy family seemed like it took you know right. forever to go from noel to to western you yep. know it's just crazy how long it's just the process seems to take sometimes all right so i think we've 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 touched it all. Any any great memories uh, at, at Oatana? What was what was one of your favorite memories of coaching there, or kind of building that program, or helping build that program? Yeah, I have so many unbelievable memories. I mean, it is one of the best places to coach, and it's the most supportive community, best athletic director you could imagine, best principal, best superintendent. I mean, really? Yeah, it's awesome. It's you know, the the parents were amazing didn't deal with hardly anything. Um, when there was issues, they were super respectful about it. Uh, my favorite memories, though, when we won our first playoff game, they didn't win a lot of playoff games prior to me coming in, and uh, we beat Mayo um, in overtime, my first playoff win. I thought that was pretty pretty awesome. Um, beating Rochester Century a few years ago when we were the sixth seed and they were, they were the, the three, three seed, that yeah. was a big one. Um, that's huge memory. That was also in overtime, and Zach Kubitschek scored that goal. Um, what else? We won the Heritage Classic a couple of years ago up at yep. Duluth. Um, yep. That was a big memory for me there. Um, and it's funny because the loss at Lakeville North this year, uh, we lost basically one nothing. It was like one seventeen left in the game, and they scored. I remember. And it was just a absolute heartbreaker, and um, it was, you know, We've had signs in our locker room basically the last three years that say beat Lakeville. That's kind of <laughs> what we've had. That's and now you are Lakeville. Yeah, I don't know how the kids feel about that. But, um, yeah, but that was our motivation. So to be that close and play as well as our kids did that day, um, that's, that's definitely right. up there. And you know what? And, and for those that have never been to Owatonna, and I always get the the, the rinks. Is yours four seasons? Yep. I get the Mankato. They're all both season four. four. Well, all all season four. four. Yep. So yep. I, always get, I know the building. I played there in high yeah. school. Every time I go in there, I just look. I'm like, this is one of the nicest rinks in the state. Right. It's beautiful there. Right. Um, is there a second sheet over adjacent to yep. it? Yeah, yep. I've never been over there, but the, the 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 main rink there is phenomenal. When they get that, what what's the team that that you you draw in that gets the place packed up pretty good? Oh, Northfield is is number big one time. Yeah, that's the one. Northfield brings a lot of people, and we've had great crowds. It sucked that this year was COVID because our crowds have been unbelievable. It's a great barn. That's a great place. Right. All right. So let's let's move on to more Lakeville gen, you know, related questions and, and, and more Josh related questions. So how did it start? What was where, you know, we talked a little bit about Rob and Dean Telephos, but where was it, where, where did the light bulb go off? Like, Hey, I think I want to coach. I want to do this. This is in my blood. Yeah. It was working with um, a triple A team. My brother played on actually. And what's it was your brother's name? Ben Storm. Okay. All right. And um, when he played, it was a team called the Wizards and they were a ragtag group, some really good players, some just, like my brother was just a really crafty player and yep. um but they were always really fun to be around and uh Steve Olinger was actually the head coach of that team and um Where Steve, was where was Steve coaching at that was he at Chaska then? He was. He was okay. at Chaska right. at that right. time. He was the head guy at Chaska and Steve and I um knew each other because I was actually dating his daughter for about 5 years during that time. No way. Yeah. So um he asked if I would help him out and or I asked I don't even know how that went down but um so I helped with this AAA team in the summer while I was at Bethel and um, learned just a ton from him and kind of saw what good coaching is and how to handle yourself on a bench and um, just how impactful coaches can be. So Steve passed two years ago. It was right around now, actually. It, was, it feels like a June or July of, of 2019. And he left behind a, a pretty amazing legacy of coaching excellence. Um when we talk about some of those things, you said you had how to handle yourself on the bench or, or handle yourself with players. I just I, I know him from out. You know, he's one of the, the assistant outside the locker room, and he came up to me and he's like, "Tony, I read this or read that." See, he was still 
that much in he he, I, he t- struck me as a guy who was who was dyed in the wool hockey and like I was feeding him something to to read about so every every high school article you ever wrote I read that's what he said right and I I don't know if he did that or not but but he was he's just kind of those guys that made everybody feel really special and really important what was what's your takeaway with Steve that was one of those takeaways about him I think everybody loved him I mean to the day that he basically passed, every time my teams played against him, I would get a hug at center ice. Yeah. Um, he just made you feel like you're the most important person in the room all the time. Yeah. Um, he had, and I think he saw the best in everybody. Yeah. Which I think is so important. He, For me, it was like when he'd come in and he'd be upset about our play, instead of lighting the kids up, he'd be like, well, come on now. Let's, let's turn this thing around and get a little full of piss and vinegar and get after it a little bit more, you know? And right. just how he... He could read a room and know what they needed to hear, not what he wanted them to hear, if that makes sense. Do you ever, um, not to get too godly or spiritual here, but do you ever get in a situation when you were coaching where you think, oh, Ole would do it this way? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or what we kind of like, what would Ole do? What would Jesus do? Kind of like, what, do you ever think that way? Like, does that ever cross your mind? I do. Yeah. There's coaching influence. That I'm like, or I'll say something. And I'm like, wow, that was basically coach. Yeah. X said this. For sure. I I can definitely see there's been times where I walk in, I'll be like, okay, I'm I'm going the Olinger route on this one, <laughs> or I'm going the Talifus route on this, you know. Right. Or the Mako. Cue the, uh, yes. cue the Olinger tape, For right? For sure. Yeah, I, I do it myself. And I, I had this great football coach, Al Frost, and big, tall African-American guy, and he was imposing, and he scared us. But he was the nicest guy in the world, and he never said a mean word to us ever. But he was just one of those guys that, you know, scared straight no matter what he said, you know. And I, and I, and he say, I always say the thing about the helmets. He called the helmets bonnets. He goes, all right, put your bonnets on, boys. And I'll say that coaching hockey. Like, put your bonnets on. The kids will be like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. It'll come out of mouth. I'm like, I meant to say helmets, but, you know, Al Frost came out. Right. Accidentally, right. you know, and does that happen to you too? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Say some things like, yeah. well, that does, doesn't even have my, my, in my vocabulary, but it just, just happens. Right. All right. So that's a cool story. And, and I hate to, uh, you know, you had all your buddies that are now coaches or coaching, but I, I, I we skipped over Pete Austin. This is one of the greatest coaches in our state's history. I mean, you, his coaching tree is unbelievable. Like Lee Smith, two you know, multiple state champion winner. He played at Wilmer for Pete Oss and right. credits Pete Oss with getting him excited about coaching. Give me some Pete Oss words of wisdom that uh, you kind of take away. I, th- I think the big thing with Coach Oss is it, it, he was such a good person and you liked him and he was engaging. Like I would walk by his office all the time just to see if he was in there because I would just sit in and plop down and talk to him and um, I think the impact spiritually that he had on me um, and thousands of other people uh, just can't go without mention. And I think when you have that kind of connection with somebody um, on that kind of level, that it's probably even more meaningful. Yeah. Um, he was just such a funny guy, like, as a coach. Like, he was hard to – you knew he knew his stuff. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah. it's just hard to take serious in a lot of ways. <laughs> like, he'd skate around, and he's, you know – little bit older at this time and yeah he'd take a slap shot against the boards and look at you and go stormy i still got it <laughs> and it was just like <laughs> like what are you talking about and then he'd have us like doing like some mohawk drills like you and you're in college and you've played juniors and yeah and you're doing these like mohawk drills at the beginning of practice sometimes and you're like what are we doing here yeah um but just his heart and the kind of person he is i, th- I think the integrity he has and how he carries himself um definitely goes a long way to show the tree that he's created. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right. Um, I got someone forwarded me a letter that you had sent to your Owatonna players about taking the job at Lakeville South. And uh, it was a pretty awesome letter, by the way. I got to pump your tires there a little bit. And somewhere in there, I don't know if the word dream job was said, but if you read between the lines – you said, hey, I would never leave you guys if it weren't for this unbelievable opportunity. Something along those lines. Being a Lakeville kid, going back to Lakeville, coaching, we'll get to the team here in a minute. But tell me about that. those words, the, the, the dream job effect that you basically said in that letter. Yeah, I think I've always wanted to go back to Lakeville at some point. I think there's probably two jobs that I'd even consider 
North or south, right? North or south, yep. yeah. And I, and I feel like I got kind of the dream, dream one of, of yeah. those at this point. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's hard staying in the same section. I feel bad about that. But I had a great thing in Oatan. I have great kids, great families. And um, to leave is difficult, uh, very, very difficult because of the connections that we've made. It's a weird time, too. We were talking about a little bit before, like, everybody's written the booster club or whatever at Oatana a check for you to run their summer program. And now you kind of sort of have to run it because you've made a commitment to them. And then you kind of sort of need to run a program in Lakeville. You might be doing double duty this summer. I may be on the ice a lot. <laughs> I mean, in a good way. Yeah. I and love doing it. What it's... was great. You told me, I said, well, do they want you to coach you down at Oatana? And no one has seemed to say, Hey, you know, don't let that door hit you on the butt on the way out. They were like, yeah, if, as long as we got to – maybe if there's – they get a coach hired in time, maybe you can transition it. It sounds like you're w- more than willing to help transition it. You live in the city. Right. Right? Absolutely. If they hire a new coach and he wants it, take it. It's yours. We totally get it. But, yeah, I mean, they need a place to skate to, and that's yeah. important. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, all right, so let's talk about Lakeville South. All right, let's just – let's put it right on the table – they lost a heartbreaker in the state final, and they don't lose a lot. They lose Aaron Holtz and Baki, but they got a ton coming back and a really strong, you know, ninth, tenth grade class. And normally, you could, you could, you could shirk this answer. You could just go, "Oh, you know, I don't know much about them," but. A, they're in your section. B, you're the district or the section one coach and chief for the 16s and 17s. Don't lie to me. You know who these guys are. You know what's you know what you got, and you know a lot of these kids personally. So, throw it at me. What do you know? What do you like about this squad? What I like so far. Um, and you oh, don't know them as a coach player no, yet. But no. what do you know as a district or section one guy? Yeah. So what I would say is I know they're faster than heck. They skate well. <laughs> They play um, a very dynamic style of hockey, and they think the game pretty darn well. Um, having a bunch of them on the team uh, for 17s, I um, just the great personalities, the super fun. I mean, some of these kids are making me laugh on the bench at the things they're saying to each other and even to the other team every now and then, and especially when we scrimmage against the 16-year-olds. Like, they're funny kids, and they are hockey players through and through. Uh, that's what they want to do. And... Um, and I think that's kind of what I'm most excited about with them. All right. So in some ways, with all the talent in the world, you're the luckiest guy in the state. If you think about it, you're one of the luckiest coaches. You're going to walk right into, you know, the cabbage patch of great hockey players. You're also the unluckiest coach in the state from the perspective of if you don't go to state next year and succeed, go to a high, high level, you're now – you have an expectation – at a very high expectation to succeed compared to Oatana, where the expectations, the bar was maybe at our, at our knee, and now the bar was is now, you know, 10 stories high. What do you think of that? I'm fired up about that. Um, <laughs> I love it. I've had high expectations for us in Oatana. The bar hasn't been low. Uh, my expectations are that we're going to go to state every year. And when you reflect after and you kind of sit there like, why did we lose to North this time? And you just like, we don't have those players. And now to have those players, I, I feel like we get a ton out of our kids. At um, Oatana? Yes. Yep. And we get kids to play their best hockey at the end of the year. Um, and they're well-disciplined and they play hard. And um, at the end of the day, if we get this team to do similar to that, play within our system and our style and, and play hard, well, now that bar is easily met. So, yeah, there's pressure. There's new things that are going to come to this. But um, – I just feel like the skill set that I have as a coach, I'm confident that I can get them to where they need to be. Uh, when the rankings come out, and I know you have always every coach says they don't watch it, but when you, they come out, there's a I'd say at least a 50 percent chance uh, that you'll be the number one ranked team in the state. What is that going to feel like? You're going to look at the, you're open up the paper or whatever, and there you are. It's going to be number one in the state. What does that feel like? I mean, I think it's cool. I, for personally, for me, I haven't done anything with that. That's not, you know, my doing. That's the kids here, and, and I've communicated with them because I've had about 40 different texts, which I think is pretty unbelievable thing about these kids. They found my number and have been texting me that they're excited and can't wait to get to work, and we have unfinished business, and, I, I mean, that says a lot about their character right there. 
Um, but to me, like, I just want to be part of what they've created and do my job to make sure they get to where their goals are and what they do and where they want to be. So how do you, it's a little bit different. Uh, Lakeville's going to be a little bit different than, than Owatonna. Where you, Owatonna's kind of like a small town, right? And you got a little bit of that where you, there, everybody knows everybody and a lot of the guys went to high school together kind of thing. Where Lakeville's a little bit more of the big city in, a, in respect of winning the lobby. It's easy to win the lobby in, in Owatonna because you kind of know everybody growing up. There isn't a lot of transient in and out where there's a lot of that in Lakeville where kids are coming in, you know, everyone knows they're coming from all over the place and you're going to have to win the lobby. It's going to be a tricky lot, much trickier lobby to win in Lakeville than it's going to be in Owatonna. How are you going to break that down? What's the, what's the strategy? Yeah, for me, it's the lobby with the parents and that stuff. Like if I worry about what the parents are thinking, I'm not going to do a good job. I have to focus on the kids, and that's what it's all about. I didn't go into education and teaching to appease parents. I went in to help kids. Um, so my goal is to connect with the kids and build relationships with them and help them reach their goals. Um, and I think once that connection and relationship is built with the players, I think then the rest will take care of itself. It'll matriculate back to the parents and sure. take care of itself. It's it's it, it, The reason I bring it up is it's, it's becoming – and, and this is just a, this has nothing to do with Lakeville South. I mean, what happened in the last 48 hours with, with Mike Randolph, I warned you I was going to ask this yeah, question. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just hitting you with this. What happened at Lakeville, uh, at, what happened at Duluth East with, with Mike Randolph and, and with Dave Oss and, and Yanni to some degree as well, there's, 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 a, there's parental pressure. And, and now moving forward, so you have, you know, to, to get to the Tony Kuchar 28 years, you got 12 years <laughs> of this. And do you see it changing? Do you see it, do you see it change from, from 10 years ago or 16 years ago when you got started in this business? You know, I don't. I think what the I, – I do and I don't. I think what the big problem here is when you're talking about the amount of money people are paying to train their kids, to make them the best players they can, whether it's playing AAA, everything. Everything. Um, I think that there ends up being a different motive um, than the original, just to enjoy playing a game. Um, there's a means to an end rather than just being maybe a beer league hockey player like I am on Wednesday nights with the guys down in Oatana. Right. Um, and they're looking for the payoff, I think, a little bit. Um, but I also understand parents just love their kids. They want right. what's best for their kids, just like I want what's best for Brody, Carter, Hudson, and Beckham. And yeah. I, I, as I've matured in my coaching, I wanted nothing. And you're to almost 40 now. Right, almost. <laughs> well, I had n wanted nothing to do with parents at one point, and now I, I would rather work with them a little bit because I think we can work together and do good things um, for their kids. It just seems that it seems the perception is that parents have more control over the athletic department and the, and the coaching staffs. I don't know if that's fact. There's, it's way too difficult to prove this. It just seems that's the perception. You've seen, I'm sure you've seen the, the coach, and it doesn't have to be hockey, it, you know, high school coach resigns because of parents' article. I mean, like, we can't write it. You know, we, if we wrote that, that article's been written 40 times. You know, I'm not going to write that article again. But it's an interesting perception. I'm not sure there's much truth to that perception, but it is a perception out there. And it's got to scare you as a coach in some ways. I tell everybody that we coach to get fired. <laughs> That's why we all go into it. I mean, at some point it's going to happen. And I was blessed to be in Oatana for 10 years and not get fired. So I guess the goal in Lakeville is to coach until you get fired. And, and at some point that will probably happen. It's just how it is in a competitive community like that. And um, I guess you just extend that as 20, 30, 40 years if you're lucky. And if not, then you find somewhere else to go. And hey, and if not, your wife, Megan, uh, could carry the could carry the load, according to you. You were about to become a stay-at-home dad. You just go back to your, your goal of being a stay-at-home dad. Just uh, think about it. It'd be yeah. like a frat house. <laughs> By the time that happens, it'll be a fraternity, you the, know? Now You'll I be would, the president. Yeah, now I'd be fine with that. Back then, the baby, I don't know. I wouldn't have survived. No. No. <laughs> no none of us can. I was at a, I got all these new neighbors, like literally two-year-old, three-year-old kids, and I went at a birthday party last night. They over, they invite the grandpa over once in a while, me or, yeah, or yeah, the, the yeah. loud uncle. And they're like these kids flying off these uh, the deck with the, the with the big wheels and stuff like that. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. I'm like, 
ah, these are you guys are stressing me out. These three year olds, you yeah. know, and their big wheels and their bikes and stuff. It's crazy. I can't. I'm too old for that. Yeah, it's, it's too yeah. hard. It's, it's too hard. But well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I know you're heading off to, to explain where you're heading off to Michigan. What are you going to be doing in Michigan? Yeah, um, I'm a. Uh, in addition to all your other duties, <laughs> yeah. you have this as well. I'm the coach in chief of District 9, so I do some of the training of coaches in District 9 right now and across the country. And um, I was selected to go to Michigan for to the development program um, to do some mentor coaching stuff to kind of build some programming and to kind of get best practice for what we're going to start teaching the coaches next year. So um, fly out in the morning for that. Okay, so you do that, and that's going to be in Plymouth, Michigan at the – at the National Development Program? Yep. And who teaches you at this thing? Um, a bunch of different people do it. A lot of the, um, what do they call them, um, ADM, regional managers. Like okay. Those guys do a lot of the teaching. And and obviously none of this happened over the last year. So this is probably one of their first events where they're going to be, yep. you know, no masks and all the other stuff. Well, right? I don't know what Michigan's regulations I don't need it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe. COVID-less activity <laughs> for sure. type for sure. of thing. How was it for you during during the COVID last year? last year how did you guys adapt to it was it was it hard or was it uh just something you dealt with it sucked um <laughs> we had the best probably the best team and it wasn't probably it was the best team in 10 years in Oatana coming in and um I I think it kind of hindered some of our stuff that we could have probably accomplished if we wouldn't have had to deal with it um but it, it was tough it definitely took away from what those kids had built in the last two years and you know, that place should have been packed to the seams like it was the year before every night. And it's just so kind of weird, sad. you know, again, not to reflect too much on it. It's so weird to see a big goal scored, huge goal scored. And all you can hear is like 15 boys rattling their sticks yeah. against the bench. And there's no one, you know, it's when the tree falls in the forest. And Correct. It was just like game after game of that it was really depressing. It yeah. really, it really was. At the end of the day, though, we got through it. Kids got to develop. Kids got to play. And I think uh, we'll look back. I think I, for me, there's nothing to do with our interview with you, but for me, coming out of COVID, I feel energized. Yeah. I am ready to go. Um, how about you? I mean, what a week this has been for you. You know, you get this job, you're excited. Uh, now you're heading to Michigan. You're going to look back on this in a, in a few months, reflect and go, wow, this was a pretty cool time. Yeah, it's been a heck of a week. Um, probably late to a meeting right now with some LHA, LHA board members, so I apologize to you guys if you happen to listen. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. This yeah. has been a heck of a week, and I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, we're excited for you. I hope you'll be energized. Good luck. Hope you aren't the number one team in the state. Number two would be perfect for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the perfect spot to be. And you got something to climb for. A little climb towards <laughs> that. But who knows? I mean, we don't know who's coming back. We don't, you know, there's too much from the, from the rankings perspective. But we do know that they uh, they have made a great hire at Lakeville, and I wish you luck. I thank you. Thanks for having me. Josh Storm, head coach at Lakeville South.